Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And let's jump right into another episode of Queer as Folk. Okay, so I already know we're going to fight on this one. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. I'm already prepared for I got my Vaseline. I got my gloves on. Yo, or, <laughs> it's whatever. I, I done took the earring out. Okay, we ready. <laughs> it is going to go down. Yeah. We are discussing episode 111 today. Mm. And this was a very um, jam-packed episode. <laughs> to say the least. Like, it was full. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and dive deep into this one. I'm ready. So we start out with the guys, um, just the four main guys, Ted, Emmett, uh, Michael, and Brian, walking down their version of the strip. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, they're just kind of being guys, you know, joking with each other, having fun. Yeah. Uh, and we find out that Michael is turning 30. Woo! Yeah, but... <laughs> It's not, they're not celebrating. They're actually clowning and joking the guy, making it seem like, you know, 30 is old. Hell, that's, I'm living my best life in my 30s, you know? I'm not in my 30s. Yeah. (laughs) Right. She's not, but, you know. Anyway. But anyway, uh, but that's true. You know, 30 is not old, but at that time and in the gay community, Mm -hmm. 30 is, you know, kind of up there. One foot in the grave. Yeah. Yeah. It's the crypt keeper. (laughs) Yeah, at least that's definitely how they see it. Okay, so we find out that they're walking to the diner. And as they're talking about this, we are kind of dealing with the fallout from the end of Michael and Dr. David's relationship. Mm-hmm. And Michael is, like, trying to downplay his relationship with Dr. David. And he's like, oh, you know, the sex wasn't that great. I'm ready to do all the things you can do when you're single. Uh, Michael's a straight liar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's an ass. Uh, Every episode, little by little, I am losing Michael. Like, he is on my last nerve. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, Well, he's like, I can go to the bars and I can go to the clubs. I'm like, Michael, you have been doing that. Like, It came up empty-handed every time. Exactly. You were not satisfied with that. Exactly. And that's why Ted checked him and said, um, and go home alone. Yeah. (laughs) You know what it is. Yeah. Well, so we also find out that there's a new busboy at the diner, and that is our sunshine, Justin. He's cute, too. (laughs) Yeah. He's getting all the tips and attention at the diner. Yeah. Uh, So this is how he's paying off his debt to Brian is by working there. Which I love that he is mature enough to know that he actually has to work this off. Yeah, well, and I even like that, you know, I'm sure Brian could have afforded. I mean, Justin was only gone for, at most, let's say, two days or whatever. Uh, And yeah, he got room service or whatever, but I'm pretty sure Brian could afford this. But I like that he was wanting to teach Justin a lesson on responsibility. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, and taking, you know, responsibility for your actions. But even in that, Justin was like, okay, fine, that's the punishment, I'll do it, whatever. Yeah, that's that maturity. Yeah. Uh, so what I do love, though, is when he brings him the water, how he's got his fingers in all their water cups. Boy. Because he is so sassy. Very. And he did that on purpose. Yeah. And I love that Emmett pops in and is like, shame on you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> their faces with disgust. Yeah. So Debbie is there at the table talking with them. And she kind of pieces together that things are over with Dr. David and Michael. 
Hell, she's more hurt than Michael is. Yeah, but she right here, she lets it pass, you know, knowing that, you know, that right. she's going to come back to it. <laughs> but uh, but it was you, written all over her face. Yeah, well, Brian tells her, you know, it ran its course, Deb, let it be. Uh, so then Debbie offers Emmett some blueberry pancakes, and those blueberry pancakes send Ted and Emmett to the drugstore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it didn't sit too well at all. No, and while they are there, they see a guy walk by and Ted reveals that, you know, he slept with this guy. And so they're kind of talking through that. We see a flashback to that scene. And as they're going by him, they recognize the name of a prescription that the pharmacist is giving him. And so they know that he's positive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like a few things about the handling of that, like... They're just like, oh, he's positive. Okay. And then they just kind of move on. They don't, you know, hide from like, don't touch anything he touched. Exactly. And they didn't shame him or anything. Right. Yeah. So I really like that. But it did bring up something else. Um, Ted realizes that they were not safe. Mm -hmm. And uh, so for him, it's like, uh oh, you know, this could be a major, major thing. Absolutely. And I mean, it's super scary. I mean, all this time, he's. I'm pretty sure Ted is the guy who's always safe, you know. And then that one fling, because it had been forever, yeah. and he was feeling down, he just went with the flow because the guy didn't look sick. Yeah. He looked healthy, mm-hmm. you know, and potentially, you know, chanced himself, jeopardized himself. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, and you can kind of make a comment about the guy. Like, he should have known that, but maybe at the time he didn't have his diagnosis or... Who knows? And that's why we always say, keep it safe and wrap it up. Right. Exactly. And also, always know your status. That's what I loved about this episode. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really, I'm not going to say it pushed it, but it was a main focus um, in this episode. Well, they included it like it it should be just natural Uh for you to know your status. Like you said, like, yeah, they didn't give you like a full public service announcement about it, but they made it clear. This is important. You should know it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so then after that, we go over to the big Hugh and uh, Marley, who we cannot stand, runs up to Michael and tells him there's a fire and they need him to come quickly. So he goes to the back and we find out that they're having a surprise birthday party for him that Tracy put together. She made him some cupcakes. She gives him a little kiss. I mean, she's just. It was cute. It was cute. It was really cute. But shame on Michael. Yeah. This is what it is. Shame on Michael. He had numerous opportunities to tell her, hey, I appreciate it. You're a nice girl. I care for you as a friend. Right. You know, we're not going anywhere. I mean, she's throwing surprise parties, cupcakes, gathering everyone. Come on now. I mean, she is deeply invested in this. And you could say, well, you know, Tracy, he's not reciprocating it. But that's not exactly true. No. He took advantage of it. Like... Two episodes ago, when he took her to that party yeah. when he needed, he um, needed her when for he was the trying promotion. to get the promotion, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, well, he already kind of acts a little shy at work anyway, so she's just thinking, well, he's not the kind of guy who will just be all over me. So, uh, yeah, yeah, true. Even in this scene, after he finds out she put this together, she plants a big kiss on his face, on his lips, yeah, and he said nothing. Well, just the fact that. Because Tracy's not just a floozy who throws right. herself at people. But the fact that she felt comfortable enough and, like, that was an appropriate thing for, to do for where they were in their friendship tells you how long he's been letting this go on. Exactly. And, yeah. How yeah, he's, not necessarily, he's not necessarily discouraged her. No. Okay. So, um, after the big cue and the surprise birthday party, we go over to the steam room with Brian and Michael. Ooh. 
<laughs> it was hot. Yeah. Man, I was steaming over here. You know what's crazy? I was watching that scene because there are tons of men, naked bodies in that yes. steam room. And it made me think about, um, so Queen, the band Queen, had a video for their song, I Want to Break Free. And in that uh, video, they were kind of cross-dressing or just uh-huh. like women, but they were doing like a spoof on this show. I think it's a British comedy called Coronation Street. And that video was banned in the U.S. That was Ooh. in 1985. Like, all they were doing was just cross-dressing. Right. Like, and making fun of another show that existed. Uh-huh. And that video was banned. And then here we are, 15 years later. <laughs> so and that's what I mean by out. groundbreaking television, the yeah. work that Queer as Folk did. I don't think, I mean, this definitely had to be like the one of the first full frontal. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you've always seen the boobs of the ladies. You right. Know? And you'll get an occasional man ass. Yeah. But, I mean, they... Sh- they showed it all. I mean, it was all hanging out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. But so let's get into what was happening during this yes. scene. Mm. Um, if you can get past all the other stuff. <laughs> the juice. Um, but so Brian and Michael are talking about Dr. David and um, also just Michael aging. And Brian says a comment about Dr. David and Michael says, well, I thought you couldn't stand him. And, uh, and Brian's like, best listen, like, why do you care what I think? And then Michael says, well, now's a good time to tell me. And then Brian says, well, you didn't break up him- with him because of me, did you? Mm. <laughs> and and so let me just do the rest of that dialogue and then we'll jump into it. But he says, we can't spend the rest of our lives together is what Brian tells Michael. And it is so clear that even if this wasn't the whole reason or the only reason Brian's opinion was a large part in why Michael ended things. Because, yeah, why would he even ask that? Yeah. You know, like, why does the opinion matter? Don't, I mean, come on now. I'm <laughs> yeah. tired of Michael. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's just like, because Brian was just, I mean, he had his own thing. Some might have been valid. A lot were not. Uh, he had no valid points. <laughs> well, okay. This man, he's a type to throw the stone and hide his hands. And that's what he did in this situation. (laughs) You didn't dump him because of me. Did you? As he was like slobbing him down on the side of the road episode before. Thank you. Come on now. (laughs) Yeah. He wants that that confirmation like, yeah, I got it. You're going to forever be mine. Well, I think Brian thinks that he knows what Michael wants and what Michael needs. And so... Michael don't even know what the hell Michael no, wants and Michael that needs. that is true. Uh, and that's the point. Michael should have been the one going for what he wanted um, and not being swayed by what Brian says. But anyway, Brian's telling him, well, it's another way of Brian saying, oh, no, I didn't have you in that so you could be with me. Because like, <laughs> you know? like, he's like, no, we're not going to be together forever. Like, right. What like, made you uh, think that? <laughs> Where would you get that idea? <laughs> I mean, you're my best friend. Come on now. Yeah. Cool it. Uh, okay, so after the steam room, we go to um, the doctor's office, and em- Emmett is there dancing with Dr. Bones, <laughs> the skeleton, as Ted is like super anxious about his um, test. And again, this is the show bringing some levity to a very heavy moment. Like, mm-hmm. this is a very serious test that Ted's about to take. But then we have Emmett kind of dancing in the corner with the with the skeleton. So the again, relief. that uh-huh. balance that we've mm-hmm. always that we've talked about several times. Um, but yeah, and then we also find out that Emmett is going to be tested for moral support, which mm-hmm. good friend. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. I mean, hell, I w- I was scared. Yeah, I was <laughs> nervous for Ted. Yeah. You know? And I was happy that Emmett was there. 
he definitely brought this lightheartedness. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just you know. Well, fun, because light. we know how Ted is. Like, could you imagine Ted doing that on his own? Oh, I know. Like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Poor Ted. Always. <laughs> yeah, always. Yeah. Okay. So over at the Novotny's house, Debbie, Vic, and Michael are there. Looks like they're putting away some groceries, and then Justin comes in, and of course, Michael, you know, has to make some comment. <laughs> Justin being, oh, she says, "Here, take these up to your room," giving mm. them to Justin, and Michael's like, "My room." And big baby. Yeah. Well, because it's like you know, my parents just had a new kid, and so mm-hmm. Justin's the the new baby in the house. Mm-hmm. Jealous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but even at the diner earlier in this episode, Michael was upset because he's like, Justin's invading every part of my life. Like uh-huh. He's living in my my mom's house, mm-hmm. in my old room. He's working at the diner. And he's smashing my crush. Okay. <laughs> There's that That's too. the real reason. <laughs> That's really the reason. <laughs> There's that too. Um, Debbie tells... She goes into it a little deeper with Michael here. She tells them, you know, I lost the potential son-in-law. And then Michael <laughs> says, well, we had nothing in common. And so Debbie's looking at this situation. Here's a person who can provide, who loves you, who could provide you financial stability. Like, she's just kind of looking at it like that. But Debbie never asks him anything in specific what about the relationship right. or what, he, what he's attracted about. Right, like... Are you happy in that relationship with him? Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to be in a relationship with him? Like, she never asks him about that. And so while I understand where she's coming from, it's like, you're just seeing this as your son in a relationship, but you're not seeing this as me, Michael, with this other or person. Or she could be thinking, this is the perfect opportunity for my son to break ties with Brian Kenny yeah. and finally be a standalone. Like, I don't care if it works or not. But just go for yeah. it. Because right now, you're not doing anything. Yeah. You're going to live the same life and want something different. But doing the same thing is the definition of insanity. That's true. It's Yeah. And so I see that side of it, too. But I just... It would have been nice if she would have... Hey, tell me how you feel about David. Facts. You know. Yeah. Uh, that would have just given her argument a little bit more weight, in my opinion. But anyway. <laughs> so then Michael goes home and he calls Dr. David on the phone Uh, But pretends it was an accident. (laughs) So it's obvious that he does still miss him and that he's just curious as to where that relationship would have gone. I mean, you can't turn your emotions off, you know, that quickly. Mm -hmm. I mean, it didn't work. He wants it not to work. I mean, Michael is going to always sabotage himself. Yeah, because I think, like we talked about, Michael's really not sure what he wants. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, maybe he wants David, but he's not really sure. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so while he's left dealing with that, Debbie comes barging into the loft to lecture Brian. <laughs> I loved this scene. She read him for filth. Did she not? <laughs> she did. She read him. And she, she said did. everything that needed to be said. But so earlier when I said we were going to fight, Let's this go. is one of the places where we Let's go. The fight. He deserved to hear every. Yes, Michael is grown. Michael needs to make own his, his own decisions. But when your mind is wrapped, okay, yeah. your mind is wrapped. Brian could say jump. He's like, how high? Yeah. Brian is but in control. Who, and so on the one hand, it's like, yeah, Brian's responsible for saying jump, especially if you jumped into some danger. But is he responsible for I mean, Michael being don't, wrapped? Don't do finger? that. You know, Don't do that. No. You know what I'm saying. Yes. Michael's an idiot. Absolutely. 100% for following up the Brian like that. But... Brian isn't an ass 
for doing it. Yeah, no, I'm not saying Brian's right. I want to make that clear. Uh, I just... Okay, so... Okay, we're going to have to break this one down. Yeah. Okay, so... I do like the dynamic between Debbie and Brian because it's very interesting. She's very much a mother figure in his life. Because uh, even when she's there, she's kind of retelling the story of their youth. Uh, but she's a little bit harsh with this. She says, you were trouble from day one, basically. And you haven't disappointed me a day since, which pretty harsh. <laughs> it is. But he needed to hear that. He and Sarcastic ass Brian comes back with, well, at least I'm consistent. Yeah. I mean, even though she said <laughs> that, clearly she loves him as a son. Yeah. She always took um, took care of him. Whenever mm-hmm. he needed her. Hell, he still needs her at times. You know, like, yeah. they're still a unit. So, I mean, she was talking to her son like he was the big brother, you know, and Michael's the little brother. Yeah. Like, stop it. Well, her. and Brian defends himself a little bit. And he says, like, Debbie, you know that I've been there to help with Michael. You know, I've helped Michael out. Which we know that, too. Um you know, their friendship isn't totally one-sided. No. Uh, but then she says, you've been there too much. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Like, you've kept him hoping. Like, you've given him enough to keep him kind of on the line. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then Brian says, well, maybe we'll be a couple of old queens in Palm Springs. Do you think that any part of him is like, yeah, that's an option. That's a possibility. Absolutely. Because Brian knows his actions. He's never going to change. Well, in his mind, in this moment, in his 30-year-old man, he's never going to change. This is how he's going to be. So he's going to be alone. Michael's going to be alone. They're never going to be together, but they will be together old. Yeah. They will forever be. Yeah. So I believe that's true. It could be a possibility. Mm -hmm. I think it could be a possibility in that way. Never in Mm -hmm. the way Michael wants. No, never. Not not here. Not this point. Absolutely not. No. (laughs) No. Uh, But so like we said, Debbie is like a mom to him. And so he listens to Debbie when she talks and then she's saying like i want you to fix this but before that she says you ruined his chances with david and then brian says well he wasn't having any fun and you know he never denies that michael loved him or that dr david loved michael it's just like Mm -hmm. well he wasn't having any fun but that's that's where brian's mentality is right now so yeah and then debbie says well you owe my kids something and i guess debbie was wanting him to just have a talk with Michael, but um, we know that that probably is not going to work. No. <laughs> not a simple talk. Uh, so Brian offers to throw him a party, and Debbie barged into there talking about how much she knows Brian. So she should have known that something was probably up and something was going to go south. Because he gave in way too quickly. Yeah. Oh, I'll throw a party. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, not that quick, but he, he gave in Journey. no fight, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. But also, Debbie wasn't having it either. Yeah. It was like, no, you're going to do something today. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he, like I said, he listens to Debbie when Debbie says something. He loves Debbie. He loves Michael. Debbie wants this. And then she's saying this is for Michael's good. And so he's like, okay, if this is what they both want or what right. they both need, all right, fine, whatever. You know, even though it will be at his, um, you know, he'll be the one paying the cost for it, paying the price for it. Uh, okay, so then um, Mel and Ted are out shopping at a, looks like a sex shop or something. <laughs> I'm not sure. Right. And they look like they're on their lunch breaks. They've got on their, like, business professional mm-hmm. clothes with their suitcases. <laughs> um, and so they're just having this back and forth. And Ted is being pretty snippy, but that's because Ted's still waiting for his results. 
And um, Melanie is kind of giving us a clue that there's a little bit of tension with her and Lindsay. Mm -hmm. There's something going on at home. And Ted says, the minute you start telling your friends your relationship problems, and it's over. That's facts. (laughs) (laughs) That really is. That's facts. The moment you start telling your friends, I mean, the seed is planted. I mean, your friends, nobody's, they're always biased. Yeah. I mean, for real. Yeah, like, they definitely are always biased. <laughs> for the most uh, part. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it means, like, the relationship is totally over, but it's like, oh, things have gotten pretty bad. If you brought it outside of your home, you're not talking to your partner about it. I'm speaking literally. You're pulling your <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it's literally over. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You start telling them shit. Girl, I knew he wasn't no good for you anyway. That sounds like... <laughs> Some conversations, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was always your friend anyway. Yeah. Well, Mel tells Ted that he's being super negative or that he's so negative and turns out that she's right because yes. Ted gets a phone call from the doctor's office and they tell him that his results are in and that he is negative. And so we immediately see the relief on his face. Mine too. Yeah. Ooh, I yeah. was nervous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then he's strolling with Emmett, and they're walking together, and Ted shares his news with him, and that prompts Emmett to check his phone. Mm-hmm. Well, Emmett hasn't really thought much about it because he's like, you know, he was just being tested for moral support. He knew he wasn't at any risk, and right. so he was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. I took an HIV test. Let me check on my results. Um, so he gets a voicemail, and they told him that they need him to call back or... <sighs> And uh, so he calls up there, and it's over Close. the weekend, so he has mm-hmm. to wait until Monday. That's the longest weekend ever. Yeah. That's like, the, that's like <laughs> that holiday weekend when you off that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. Like, uh-uh. I'm sure that felt like living five lifetimes in that one weekend. Ooh, that was crazy. That that anticipation. Yeah. So while he's still anticipating his results, we see Dr. David jogging down the street and he goes up to his driveway and Brian meets him there and he's inviting him to Michael's birthday party. (laughs) Which I thought was super sweet. I was like, okay, he's taking Deb's advice. I just love this man now. Like he's winning my heart over. Mm -hmm. He's doing it. He's there to do a good thing. Yeah, he was. (laughs) And he did. And I love how David tried to play like, Maybe, you know, yeah. like that hard to get role. It was cute. Yeah. I loved it. Well, because Dr. David had decided that he was done. He was like, I'm not going to play these games. I'm mm-hmm. not going to chase somebody who doesn't want me. Like Michael's made his decision. But then, you know, here's Brian, who Dr. David felt like was, was the biggest wrench in uh-huh. their relationship, saying, hey, come to this birthday party. And then Brian tells him, well, Mikey doesn't always know what he wants. And sometimes he yep. needs a little push. push. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, he's like, hey, come to the party. You know, maybe things will go in your favor, Dr. David. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, over at Emmett's apartment, uh, Ted is there and he's consoling his friend. And the gravity of this potential diagnosis is weighing really heavy on Emmett. And I like that that's showing a different thing. So we saw... At the drugstore, when Emmett heard that someone else had it, it was like, oh, okay, you know, I know. And then we just kind of move on. But when it comes to you possibly having it. I mean, your life is over. You shut down. All you can think about is the negative um, stuff you hear in the press. Yeah. And so I really like that because it shows they weren't just dismissing as like, oh, it's fine. Just take your medicine and you Mm -hmm. move on. It was like, no, this is still a very huge issue. It's very Mm -hmm. scary. Um, yeah, so I just really liked the handling 
of the whole AIDS discussion uh every time it came up in this episode. So as they're talking, this is going to be the night of Michael's surprise birthday party. And we find out that Brian has kind of trusted the two of them to get Michael over to the law. Uh (laughs) So Michael comes storming into the apartment with an attitude. And uh, Emmett is doing his best to get Michael to come out with them. He's like trying all these little you know, cliche statements and all this stuff. And it is not working. Michael's just going off. And then Ted is like, had enough. It's like, shut up. Come to your surprise party. He spilled all the beans. Yeah. He's like, I'm over this. But look at Michael's face. Michael was so happy. Like, really? Yeah. For me? Like, yeah. he got happy real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we, they go over to the loft. And as soon as Brian, like, cracks the door, Michael's <laughs> like, okay, I'm ready. Let's go to Babylon. Then he's like, y'all told. I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> he knows his friends yeah, very well. Yeah, the secret's out. Uh, so he brings them in. And the whole gang, plus a lot of Brian's tricks, have showed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shown up for the, the party. Even Gus is there. Yeah. <laughs> These ladies got some money. She's able to sit at home and watch the baby and not even work and things like that. Yes, she pulled from a trust fund, but (laughs) they got some bread. And she's a lawyer and everything. Y'all couldn't have pumped and left (laughs) the baby with the babysitter. Y'all got to bring him to the the party with drugs and alcohol? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, with drugs and alcohol. Yep. They got to get Gus started early. I guess so. (laughs) But I will say, Lindsay didn't do any drinking. No. She did not. She was okay. a responsible mother. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she did have her baby out at this party. But anyway. Um, <laughs> so uh, we see Justin is there uh, with the rest of the gang. Um, in this episode, and I think maybe two before... They're just, you get just like little snippets of Justin there. There's not a whole lot focused on just him. And that's what I love. I was literally thinking that mm-hmm. now that you said it. They don't make him overly thirsty. Right. Like he's not the young kid who just looking for affection. No, he creates his own lane. Right. He does. And then he just kind of fits in. Yeah. You know, like he just, he's there and we find out a little bit like he's the bartender, you know, mm-hmm. and he's not, you know, snuggled up next to Brian trying to get Brian's attention the whole night. He's no. just like, I'm over here serving drinks. <laughs> and chilling. He, yeah. he makes, he's actually a, a legitimate friend yeah. to the group. Yeah. Now. And he has just like been pulled into that that circle, that gang, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love how he's just, yeah, he's just kind of there. Nobody's yeah. like, except for Michael, but nobody else is like, why are you here? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just, he's he was the missing puzzle piece. Yeah, he really perfect. was. Um, okay, so Dr. David shows up and... Oh, um, I love this man. Yeah, but before that, so quick little thing. When uh, Brian brings Michael in and he's greeting, you know, everybody's greeting him and giving him birthday wishes... Brian kisses Michael, and at that point, we see Ted kind of look off. You know, he's like, he doesn't want to look at that. Well, then, when Dr. David comes over, he gives Michael a kiss, and we mm-hmm. see Brian looks away. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to look at that. <laughs> I didn't peep that. Yeah, Good just catch. a small little thing. But did you peep Brian's outfit? Like, that black velour-looking, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Like, oh, my right. God. He is, uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Dressed Brian. Dressed today. Uh, but anyway, like I said, we see Justin over there tending the bar with his, uh, he learned that 
from his country club yes, he days. Did. <laughs> yeah. He's a natural. He just fits right on in. I just Yeah. I know, makes I love himself him. useful. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. And he does it with class. And he looked so cute tonight yeah. in his outfits. He did. So then we open our presents, open the well, Michael is opening his presents. And I like the gift that each friend got him. Well, for the most part. So Emmett gets him an easy cake oven. It's something that every gay boy wanted growing up. It's true, though. <laughs> I mean, hell, I wanted one, but I couldn't ask for it. But I look like being a captain of a football team with an easy bake oven. Like, I couldn't. But I convinced my mama to get my sister one. Yeah. And I cooked in that mug every night. You got to work the angles. <laughs> I did. <laughs> you know and that's a true story. That is. We can ask my sister tomorrow. <laughs> um, okay. So, so Emmett's gift is, you know, some people can say it's silly, but to Emmett, that's a gift from the heart, you know? Yes. And then Ted gives him, like, some type of naughty underwear. And that is um, from Ted's sense of humor, like, kind of from his personality. But that's not even Michael. No. If you're going to choose something funny and, and corny, then choose something that Michael finds funny and corny. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for him, <laughs> for Ted, because Michael didn't even be like, oh. Yeah. He just, you know, like, you have to fake it sometimes. Yeah. But damn. Yeah. It was definitely, like I said, Emmett's was a reflection of the heart. Ted's was more of a reflection of his personality, which is a bit off color, inappropriate <laughs> at times, you know. <laughs> um, then Dr. David gets him a watch, which I'm sure is like super nice. He has an inscription on it. I'm pretty sure he dropped dropped some good coin yeah. on that. Yeah. That was like the, the masterpiece gift. Yeah. Like, so it's very much a gift. boyfriend mm-hmm. gift. I don't know that it's a Michael gift, but, right. you know, a very nice boyfriend gift. And then Brian gives him a. Uh, Captain Astro in the flesh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, this man always has to overdo it. He has to be number one always. You're going to bring this boy's comic book hero to yeah. life? Well, and not just that. He had him bring, like, a first edition comic book, one that Michael's been wanting to find. Said he couldn't find it. He was searching everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which God. tells you, like, that was probably pretty pricey. Yeah. I just, again, then it goes back to me hating <laughs> Brian. Like, you invited Dr. David over here. Yeah. But then you get Captain Astro ass over here <laughs> with the number one comic book. Yeah. And you want to rub in his face? And you bring the gay Captain Astro. Yeah. Like, get out of here. Damn. But it was a very Michael gift, you know? But anyway, we'll move he on pulled for a rank. now. Yeah, I know what Michael wants. Yeah. I knew you were going to get a Definitely. watch, a necklace, or a ring. Yeah. I was going to get him the comic book. And so that's the, the part of the complexity and the nuance of Brian, is that he that really was a really good gift for yeah, Michael, yeah. but... In the context and combined with everything else, every other dynamic at this party, like, that was not the right time to do that. If your whole thing was, well, I guess the purpose was to be reuniting Michael and Dr. David, that probably (laughs) didn't help. Absolutely Well, because Dr. David looks defeated again. You look at him and he looks defeated. Um, But having a happier time or Justin and Melanie over there taking shots and smoking cigarettes mm-hmm. <laughs> at the bar. Yeah. Melanie was lit. This Melanie episode. was very lit. Yeah. yeah she let her, she just let her hair down. She she was stressed out. She just let it all out. Yeah. Uh so then we see Debbie consoling Dr. David and she's clearly upset with Brian and worried about Michael a little bit because she sees him. She's like 
if this whole thing was purposed to bring him closer to Dr. David, it's doing the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. It's driving him right back to Brian. Um, so another person who's upset with Brian is Ted. Uh, he goes over to talk to Brian. And he says, you know, nice going with the gift. David didn't stand a chance. And he says, you, you can't help yourself, can you? You you have to make sure that Michael regresses to a 12-year-old boy all the time. And he tells him, like, you need to let him go. But what Ted doesn't realize is in Brian's mind, that plan is already in motion. Yep. <laughs> you know? So true. Um, But also, uh, Brian says in response to Ted, well, I will if you will. Like, I'll let him go if you will. And uh, he tells them, like, I know that you've been in love with him. And even the boys know because they saw your shrine when you were in the hospital. And so Ted has been exposed. He's ruined everybody's night. I'm not, yeah. (laughs) But I'm not going to point the finger again at this man. Because I don't want to be like people thinking I'm hating on Brian. Because we love Brian. We do. But come on. He got problems, though. He does. Listen, I love that he spit that shit real. I pride myself on being a real friend, but my delivery is always on point. Yeah. His delivery is never on point. Yeah. Okay. He makes you want to sock him in the face. Always just punch him. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Well, you have to like really know him and really stop and think about what he's doing, what he's saying, why he's doing and saying it to truly appreciate. Why do I have to play psychologist yeah, with his that's words? True. If he's gonna be my friend, <laughs> spit, spit it to me real, but yeah. in a loving way. Yeah, like, that's true. But so anyway, yeah, there's Ted, and he's you know just kind of see on his face the embarrassment of that. Mm-hmm. Like Michael knows he hasn't done anything about the fact that he knows, <laughs> you know, and he's just kind of realizing, oh my gosh, I'm Michael. Like here I am getting on to Brian about what he's doing to mm-hmm. Michael and how Michael's acting in r- response to that. But I'm Michael too. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And so it was like, Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. I think it was that light bulb mo- moment. For, for sure. Mm-hmm. He needed that. Yeah. Uh, so then we see Emmett and he's being very friendly to Vic, trying to talk him up. And he asks, you know, how are you feeling? And then Vic is suspicious. Like, why do you ask? <laughs> he says, you know, I'm a 40 year old man. Like, Younger gays don't talk to me, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, um, which I think points to a lot of things because I think that was very much the way it works. Well, I don't know. I can't say for sure, but it seems like that is kind of how it goes. There's this gap between generations. Yeah. At least at that time. In the uh, yeah, community. it was at that time. Now it's more acceptable for, you know, an older man with a, a younger. Well, younger I don't mean guy. dating. I mean, just like having friendships. With, true. You know, true, true, true. and just communicating like. Here's our history. I, I mean, the drag queens, uh, yeah, I think so. They have, like, drag families and things like that where mm-hmm. they all come together. Mm-hmm. Their walks of life is a little different. But um, as far as, like, you know, just an older regular gay guy, no, I don't Yeah, I don't just really taking see a younger guy under his wing. Yeah, and, I just, yeah. it's hard to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't see a whole lot of that. So that's why Vic was immediately suspicious. Um, but then they sit down and Emmett tells him, I think I have it. And it's so cr- like when you say that in your gay man, people know what it yes. means. Yeah. And it, it, he was very courageous to just say it and trust Vic. Yeah. Too. He yeah. And I love Vic's um, response when he said, um, it doesn't it mean is not what it was, what it used to be. Right. You know? mm-hmm. Which means with the right medication, the right regimen, 
you really can stay healthy and you can live. Yeah. Yeah. And he's said, like, hey, your life doesn't have to end because you get that diagnosis. Yeah, it might be heck some days, yes. you know, but it doesn't have to end. Exactly. Uh, well, and even just in the year 2000 that they were able to have that conversation when, you know, 15 to 20 years mm-hmm. ago, you would not be. Yeah, yeah. You would not be having that conversation. Um, well, not saying it in that way, saying, oh, it doesn't mean, you know, it's fine. You'll be right. okay. And then I just really like the talk that they have. I like the way that Vic encourages him. And uh, I like that he tells Emmett, you know, sex isn't careful. If it is, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> uh, but he's just telling him, like, there's a risk in living life, basically. Yes. And if that risk catches up to you, it's like, okay, you deal with it. Right. Yeah. yeah I agree. Uh, yeah. He says, you accept the consequences and you move on. Uh, so then we see Dr. David and Michael dancing. Well, it's more like Michael yeah. is dancing and Dr. David's like, this is awkward and yes. uncomfortable. And why am I here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and then we go over and we see Lindsay is breastfeeding Gus. See? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just boob out. Yeah. At the party. At the party. Uh, with drugs and alcohol. With drugs and alcohol and Captain Astro pulling two tricks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pulling two tricks in the next room. Yeah. Hot and sweaty. Yeah. So he was fine though. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. But uh and then Mel is just enjoying herself, you know. And then we can see like there is clearly some tension between the girls. Clearly, clearly some tension between Melanie and Lindsay. Yeah, but I see why. In in this scene here, I got a better feel for Lindsay. I can see that she's stressed out on her end. And, I mean, she's home alone with the baby. Having a baby is a job in itself. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. Uh, people always think, oh, just because you stay at home, you don't do a lot of work. No, you do a shit ton of work. Yeah. It's always something to do. Cleaning, keeping the house clean. Making sure there's a meal. You got a baby. Is he changed? Yeah. Did I pump enough milk for him? Oh, I can't have a drink. You know? Yeah. Like, it's always something going on. So she's tired. She's she doesn't have time for yeah. the you know physical, emotional side. Yeah. Mel gets home. She didn't work hard. She wanna come home, mm-hmm. the meal done. I want, you know, a little affection. By the time she gets there, Lindsay's done. Yeah. So with male drinking, it just brings out a different side and you kinda get to see what Lindsay's going through in that little yeah. snippet. You touched on it, but it's Lindsay has, here's all that I'm doing in my role in the relationship. But Melanie feels the same way. Like, I'm going to work. I'm paying the bills. Like, I'm taking on the financial responsibility for the family. And so neither one of them are really understanding or appreciating the other person's role, you Uh know, uh, in what they do. And so they feel a little bit taken for granted or taken Mm -hmm. advantage of. Yeah. But anyway, at this birthday party, nobody's having fun. Yeah. You know, Michael kind of is at this point because he's got Captain Astro there. <laughs> he's, you know, he's just kind of, you know, so he's having fun. But at this point in the party, nobody else is, you know. But he has one more surprise coming. Yeah. Well, in a minute. <laughs> okay. After we leave the tension with the girls, we see Emmett make his way to the bathroom to kind of clear his head because, you know, Emmett is still fretting about this super long weekend that he's having to face. Um, And when he's in there, he says, you know, please God, let me be negative. If you do, I promise. And then Mel comes barging in, puking in the toilet. (laughs) I told you she was lit. Party foul. Yes, definitely party foul. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be able to hold your liquor, Melanie. (laughs) I'm telling you. And you weren't even there that long. 
Yeah. Like, God. The yeah. party was just getting jumping. Yeah. Uh, so then Vic is over at the door, and he invites a visitor up with a very um, graphic uh, greeting there. <laughs> <laughs> and we find out this visitor is Tracy, and immediately Ken was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it got messy. I was like, Brian. Yeah. Because how else would she have known what a party is? Yeah. It's at Brian's house. Yeah. I mean, that's low down and messy. Okay. The tea was scorching hot today. Yeah. Well, before we get to sip the tea, uh, Ted and Michael <laughs> have a talk. And this is Ted kind of finally somewhat addressing this issue and this crush. And I so loved he, it. I love this speech. Loved and I didn't it. write it down verbatim, but I want to share a little bit of it. He says, you know, there's this part of us that thinks that we don't deserve love. We fall in love with someone who we can't have, uh, almost like on purpose is kind of what he's saying. He says, we fantasize about uh, our dream coming true and then that day never comes. And then, you know, when you're 40 or 50 or 60, you're still alone. And he tells Michael, don't let that happen to you. And he tells them, love someone for real, someone who loves you. Because that's what Ted's life has been. You Mm -hmm. know, it's been... You know, he's loving Michael from a distance, just kind of loving the, the idea of Michael more right. so. I don't even think it was necessarily Michael. It was just mm-hmm. kind of the idea that he represented. Somebody he could take care of, someone he could dote on. Right. Um, but then he's realizing that's not real. And so this is Ted letting go, you know? It is. I was very proud of him. Mm-hmm. He let Michael know in that moment that he knew, but also that... I am you. Yeah. And I don't want you to end up like me. Right. You know, like it, your future is in front of you. Yeah. You know, take it. Yeah. And how he ended it uh, with Brian. Oh, yeah. Someone who loves you. Yeah. yeah I, the way he ended that, it was definitely throwing like a little jab at Brian. He <laughs> said, hey, cut the cord. Let well, it go. I think it was just trying to encourage his friend. Like you said, like, don't be like me. I think this was said finally being able to see how Michael feels mm-hmm. in regards to Brian. Because before he was always like harping on Brian, getting on to Brian, this is your fault, leave him alone kind of thing. But, and so he only thought like Brian gets his way. And so he had like that kind of jealousy working. But this is when he finally gets to see what Michael must be feeling. He's like, oh, the way that I feel when I see yeah. the person that I've been loving from a distance off with somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's how Michael feels every day. And he's like, don't do that. Find somebody who loves Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. So good on Ted. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. That was perfect. All right. So then Tracy is walking through and oh. Michael intercepts her uh, and she tells him that Brian invited me. So Michael is immediately trying to get her out of there, but it's too late. <laughs> so Brian comes over and is like, oh, hey, Tracy. And then he uh, introduces Tracy to Messy. Dr. David as Messy. Michael's boyfriend or oh. ex-boyfriend. And then he starts talking about, like... The sex life. Yeah. So he kind of outs him in, like, the worst way possible here. I mean, that's just horrible. Yeah. Well, that's why Dr. David punches him. Yeah. He deserved (laughs) it. It was extremely intrusive. I mean, no. Yeah. Like, yes, Michael needed to be upfront and honest with Tracy, but... Man, that was a brutal way to do it. Well, when he told Dr. David at David's house, 
when he said sometimes Mikey needs a push. Yeah. Well, damn, he pushed him. He pushed him. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Okay. So Michael runs out after her and he tells her that it's true. And then she is just completely hurt, as she should be. And yeah, she's like, she am has... I a joke to you? Do y'all laugh at me and make fun of me? Correct. I mean, listen, she has every right to be upset. Mm-hmm. Every right. Because yeah. like, like, clearly everyone already knows that she has a crush on him. Yeah. And then the fact that they invite her to the party, it seems like that scene from Carrie when they, oh, yeah. you know, uh-huh. like invite her to the prom or whatever the case, just to make fun just of her. Just to humiliate her, yeah. So that's what, you know, she's probably feeling at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And so I get that Brian's like, well, the payoff from having the truth will be better for everybody involved. But it's like, dude, you don't have to serve no, the truth like this. No, it goes back to um to his delivery. <laughs> yes, like we said, Tracy did need to know. Michael did need to be honest and upfront. But dang. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt horrible for her. Yeah. Horrible for her. Yeah. She was really hurt. Yeah. So then we go back upstairs to this party that has just gone completely sideways. Mm. And Brian's up there drowning himself in drugs. And I don't think it's because he doesn't care. It's because he does care. Yes. And he doesn't want to feel it. Right. He knows that he's hurt. Michael all of these and everybody. People. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he is just like, I'm not going to deal with that. So that's why, you know. He just tried to numb himself. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then Michael, you know, basically, you know, was like, F you. <laughs> He's going to leave. Well, Justin tries to give him the comic book. and Michael, Michael declined wa- it. Michael wants nothing to do with that. No. Yeah. So then Ted, Emmett, Melanie, Vic all have these one-liners for Brian on their way out the door. You know, they're just completely appalled and disgusted by his behavior. And then Lindsay tells him that she's super disappointed in him. I feel like that hurt, hit him the most. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Justin gets to him and he says, you know, basically, aren't you going to get your shot in? And Justin says, no, you're going to need someone to help you clean up this mess. Like, not only the loft, but everything you just did to exactly. the people that you love and who love you. Mm-hmm. And I just love that about Justin. I'm telling you, it's back to the maturity. Yeah. And... I don't even think they had sex. No, no, they didn't. Yeah. Well, and Justin's like not an opportunist because Brian is, like I said, over there numbing himself. Mm-hmm. Justin could have just used that and like pulled him somewhere right. into some dark corner or whatever Absolutely. and took his clothes off because it's like Brian's in, trying to distract himself so I can do that. But Justin doesn't do it. No, nope. like, you know, we got to address this. We got to clean it up. But yeah, absolutely love just that little thing. You know, so that's just a good thing about Brandy as an actor, but also just Justin as a character. Just mm-hmm. these little moments are enough to go a long way with him. I mean, his scenes, uh, like you said before, are really small, but he makes them feel so grand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just shows like, even at this early stage and even with them being in this very undefined, unclear thing, um, he's just got some impact Mm -hmm. there. So then we're over at Dr. David's house. Michael has come home with him to just kind of get away from it all. And Michael tells him that he missed him. And Dr. David's initially not sure if he should trust it. And Michael says that he wants him to take a shot at living together. And uh, he also tells him, you know, it's time to settle down and take on some responsibility. Like I'm 30. It's like, (sighs) that's not a reason. Yeah. It does not sound attractive. No. Where's the, (laughs) I love you. I had time to think about it, but no. Well, and clearly he's coming here on high emotions. Like he just got outed. He got embarrassed. He's Mm -hmm. like deeply hurt and wounded by his very best friend. Mm -hmm. And 
now he's like, okay, let's move in together. Like, not both of one of them should have said, hey, maybe let's table this. Right. (laughs) You know, revisit it Mm -hmm. after, you know, things have kind of calmed down, but. I don't think that happened. No. <laughs> and, uh, so Michael says, well, do you still love me because I love you? As if that's the only thing that matters. Yes, that's important in a relationship, but that's not the only thing no. that matters. Uh, so the next morning at the loft, you know, this is why I think you're right, because Justin still has his clothes on. Exactly. He's passed out on the bed. So, yeah, he wasn't they weren't even Mm-mm. having sex that night. He was just kind of there yeah. so that Brian wouldn't be alone. Being a friend. Yeah. Being a friend. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, well, Debbie is there to pick up Michael's gifts that he left. And when Brian comes in, we see that he's clearly had a rough night. You know, uh, he looks like he just probably drank from yeah. <laughs> night through the morning. Mm. Um, he did drink. He was drinking still in that morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Well, because he's waiting for Debbie's rent. He's just mm-hmm. waiting for her to light into him. And so he's just kind of drinking to be able to handle it, you know, right. be able to face it. But Debbie surprised me. Yeah. She says, you know, I figured it out. You can't do anything quietly. It always has to be a big show, a lot mm-hmm. of drama. And she says, you know, you pushed him. All right. You pushed him off a cliff. And that's a lot of fans refer to to it as a Kenny cliff. Like yeah. when he does things like that, like he pushes people off these like a Kenny Cliff. <laughs> I, know, I love that. Yeah, and he th- it's like it's for your own good. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. But yeah, that w- that scene warmed my heart. Yeah. again. yeah. Because then I could see it. He he knew it was it was the only way he could it separate really himself from Michael. Mm-hmm. Because Michael was never ever going to give up on him. Yeah. So well, and he tried to be subtle. And I was talking to I forget who, maybe Christy, about this unrequited love is hard for the person who has the crush but it's also hard for the person who's being crushed on definitely when you're friends because you know that person is interested in you and you you want their friendship you don't want to hurt them but you're like no i'm just doing this as your friend but they see it as something else and so it's just been a very difficult situation for both of them right. yeah but anyway so he did literally have to push him off a kenny cliff <laughs> that was the only way <laughs> yeah she says uh when she says that he said yeah i had to because otherwise he would have followed me forever and then she's you know debbie's pretty happy that he got back with dr david and he says well it won't last and she says well maybe not but he should at least give it a try um which is like Maybe, Debbie, if they're really compatible and, you know. Right. But, yeah. It does end well with Debbie and Brian. I love Debbie, but I think sometimes she oversteps. Sometimes she sticks her nose where she shouldn't. That's true. But but that's going to... That's a mother. But that's a mother. Yeah. 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 And so that's why I love this very honest and real portrayal of a loving mother. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But anyway, she says, you did him a favor and maybe now he can finally have a life. Which again, that's on Michael that he don't have a life. But (laughs) But that's sad. His mama can see it and she's working little deals behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like she's having to do all this. Like (laughs) you're not letting him have a life either. You're out here being the puppet master yourself. She is. (laughs) Yeah. She's trying to secure her her future, okay, her hello, bag. pot calling the kettle black, yeah. Debbie. <laughs> That's what Brian learned it from. Exactly. <laughs> so we love you, Debbie, but you might have been a little out of line yeah. at some points in this episode. Like you said, he's 30. Yeah, for real. <laughs> like, we got to tell every person in this show that Michael is 30. <laughs> 
Uh, so again, there's a little bit of Justin in this scene and it kind of can seem like what the heck is his purpose here. But um, I think it points to he's still like finding his footing and his place in that. Well, as for, for us viewers, we're still trying to figure out where Justin goes in that little triangle. Right. With, you know, with the three of them. And yeah. Anyway, uh, so Debbie does thank him and then she leaves. And Brian's clearly hurt over mm-hmm. the situation, you know, and... It's his and, best friend. Well, yeah, because he's thinking, what if this just costs... Like, the whole reason he was being such a jerk toward Dr. David a couple episodes ago is because he didn't want to lose Michael as right. a friend. And then he, now he's like, in order to make him, Deb happy, in order to possibly make uh, Michael happy, I've had to... Let go of let my go friend. Let go of my friend. Yeah, so he's definitely hurt over that. So then we see Ted and Emmett over at the clinic... And if you look at what Emmett's wearing, like this whole episode, he's been dressed all kinds of crazy. He yeah. had like that blue short this, shirt. That Emmett's last scene, with, though. He's he dressed like super, mm-hmm. yeah. Conservative. Mm-hmm. Very conservative, yeah. Everything about him is very serious. Like, okay, let's mm-hmm. face whatever we have to face. Um, and so the guy comes out and he tells them that the issue was his check bounced. He's like, you're negative. Your check bounced. I, <laughs> yes, I would have praised Jesus that I'm, I'm negative, but... You made me wait three days yeah. after you know that I was tested for HIV. Right. That's you a little cruel. Three yeah. days and say, I need to come in immediately. Yeah. And it's for a damn check. Yeah. And, you know, and so I get that. And some people can say this is just a plot device. And maybe, but... Um, I know what it was, though. Go ahead. Well, but here's one thing. Uh, if definitely back in the days of checks, nobody writes checks anymore, <laughs> really. Yeah, but anyway... Having worked in a store, if a person wrote a bad check and you called them and told them that, they just not going to come back. Facts. And so you have to get them to come. Speaking for financial, we need this bill paid reasons. You have to get them to actually come into the office to take care of it. Because otherwise they just, I won't go to that clinic anymore. Good thinking. <laughs> yeah. But also, the doctor was cute. He was cute. He, he was and so cute. he, uh, you know, offered to help Emmett celebrate. Yes. And Emmett declined. And uh, Ted was kind of like, what? He's Hell, cute. I'll me take too. him if you... Uh, <laughs> I'll like, take what? him if you won't. And uh, Emmett says that he made a promise to God. He told God that if he was negative, he would never have sex with another man. I'm dead. Yeah. I mean, I love God. I love him to the moon and back. I cannot see Emmett. Yeah. Not being Emmett. Yeah. You know, like, I just... So we're going to have to see... Yo, what? just give me some spoilers. Uh, no, I am the spoiler police. No I see. <laughs> yeah. I cannot I'm the wait. spoiler monitor. No spoilers. Oh, my God. Um, so then Brian is at the loft in just the aftermath of the party. You know, everything's kind of in shambles and uh, like literally and I guess emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> and he's there with a the bottle of beam and the comic book. Um, yeah. And that's just how the episode ends. And the way it faded, though, the photos of Michael that were on the wall, is kind of reminded me of like a funeral. Like a friendship <laughs> dead, though. You yeah. get it? I don't know. Um, and You know, to me, this one kind of feels like a mid-season finale, That's what doesn't it, it? Yeah. And it is the midpoint. I don't right. think they used it as a um, mid-season finale, but it definitely has that feel because there's a whole lot happening right it's now. It's cliffhangers on everything. Yeah, it's like, okay, Melanie and Lindsay's like, what the crap? We thought things were fine over there, but did, they're not. Exactly. Did it, Michael and David get back together? Right, like, right. They're going to try living together. How's that going to go? Mm-hmm. Um, Emmett's just made this promise to... To God. To God, Yeah. Uh, Ted, Ted has let 
yeah, Michael, Michael go. go. Mm-hmm. But now what's he going to do? Um, and now and then, Brian. And Brian, yeah. What's going to go down with him and, and Michael, you mm-hmm. know? And yeah. And then just like, how are things going to go with the rest of the, him and the rest of the family? It definitely so. keeps you in your seat for the next episode. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we fought a little bit, but we didn't quite come no. to fisticuffs like I thought we would. Yeah, well, it's okay. You know, <laughs> you know, I know you've been working out, so I ain't trying to you know, get on your yeah. bad side. You know, I'm trying to catch those type of hands. You don't want them. I don't. But guys, this was so fun. This episode was jam-packed. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And again, like we always say, thank you guys for always tuning in, listening to us. Still, go f- um, follow us on Facebook, Liberty Diner Dish, Instagram, Liberty Diner Dish. I mean, go to our website. LibertyDinerDish.com. Absolutely, guys. I mean, like, comment. I mean, give us um, some dialogue. Give us some conversation. Yes, we love the commentary. We appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. Well, guys, until next time, until another episode, we are out. Bye. Bye. Bye.